Blog Talk Radio. Welcome in to the Don't Teaser Me Bro podcast with your host, Jeff Nadu, the big man on campus. This college basketball guru, brash and unfiltered, he's got you covered in much more than sports, including music, movies, and the mob. Live guests, top-notch breakdowns, and as always, taking your phone calls. Live from the city of brotherly love, here's the big man on campus, Jeff Nadu. Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Don't Teaser Me Bro podcast. It is episode 19. It's Thursday, January 16th, 2020. Hope you're having a great evening. Hope you had a great day. The weekend is just about here. Plenty of college basketball. We get the NFL playoffs getting back going this weekend. It's going to be fun. Chiefs, Titans, Niners, and Packers. We're going to break it down tonight with the Whale Capper. Whale Capper will join us in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we'll break all the games down and see what he likes as we head into uh, figuring out who goes to the Super Bowl this season. It's going to be fun for sure. Uh, a lot of college basketball tonight, uh, mid-major night. A lot of uh, smaller conferences, obviously, you know, the Big South and the, the CAA and the Atlantic Sun and the Sun Belt and the Conference USA, just a lot of um, mid-major college hoops. You know, not a lot of Blue Bloods really going tonight. You got the Pac-12, you know, they're, they're involved uh, tonight, uh, you know, you got the uh, couple of the other conferences as well. But, you know, it's mostly a Pac-12 night. A lot of Pac-12 basketball. Arizona beating up Utah tonight, 78-56. The Utah Utes continue to struggle defensively. Uh, BYU up on uh, San Diego. They're without Yoeli Child still. And Belmont is up 44-28. Belmont on pace for 90 points almost. East Kentucky, not a good defense team. East Kentucky, one of the fastest teams in the country. And it looks like Belmont is taking it to them pretty early. Um, I did kind of have some interest in a team total with Belmont tonight. We'll see if they can find their way to uh, get towards 90. Uh, And Oregon is up 37-34 on Washington State. I know Sharps came in and liked Washington State today, uh, plus the 10.5. But... Obviously, the big story in uh, the world right now. So many, so many big things going on in the sports world. Obviously, the Astros and the cheating stuff, the um, the devices uh, supposedly that they wore. But now the Major League Baseball is saying there's no evidence of it, but it looks like there's evidence of it. Uh, you also have um, some uh, crazy stuff with Odell Beckham Jr., who, like I talked about it last night, his continued narcissistic behavior is irritating and old I've talked before I think he's one of the most overrated players in the NFL he never wins anything all we remember him for is those you know those one-handed catches and you know him looking like an idiot on the boat for the playoff game but outside of that what has Odell Beckham really done you know, to be real honest um also we have McGregor and uh Donald Cerrone this week a very conservative Conor McGregor how about that we haven't seen that in a while, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of been just him and his brash attitude and his um, 
his kind of uh, devious, kind of uh, bad boy behavior. But he has been uh, very reserved this week against Donald Cerrone. He's very, um, you know, respectful and, and kind. And hey, um, you know, maybe he's turning over a new leaf. Maybe he's finally grown up. I will tell you right now, I am killing it at Charlestown right now in horse racing. I've just hit, I just hit a ten to one. Now I just hit a nine to two. Uh, dogs are coming in hot and heavy at Charlestown. Um, and, you know, again, it's not just about the big boy races, you know, Gulfstream and Aqueduct and Santa Anita. Sometimes you got to get in the, 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 the soup and play with uh, the uh, play with the, the, the lower level horses. And, you know, we've gotten some good horses at, at Charlestown tonight. You know, we got, uh, you know, some, some, some horses that are kind of underpriced, frankly. So uh, that's been fun. Uh, if you want to call the show, I'd love to hear from you. 515-605-9349. Again, 515-605-9349. Got some basketball coming up here uh, at 11 o'clock Eastern, or actually, you know, a couple starting now and a couple starting later. Now, Eastern Washington is interesting. Idaho is a bad basketball team. Uh, Eastern Washington's actually uh, been playing pretty well, uh, all things considered. They have um, they have some guys that uh, can really score the basketball. Obviously, uh, we saw uh, a couple weeks ago some of their uh, you know ability. Uh, they've always been well coached under uh, under Jim Hayford. That's um, that's a decent spot maybe for for Eastern Washington. I didn't get involved though. You know USC. Uh, I feel like this is a little too many for them. Uh, against the uh, the Cal Golden Bears, you know, there's no easy game anymore in the Pac-12. It's really been kind of a tough go of it. Look, obviously Washington State uh, is doing some good things tonight against Oregon. Uh, Gonzaga laying a big number to Santa Clara. You know, Santa Clara has been um, one of the worst road teams in the country. Uh, there's a great site I use called, um, and shout out to Haslametrics. Uh, it's kind of a, a basketball analytic website, and they have a measure of road performance called the AFH rating, the away from home rating. And basically, you know what it does is it measures the team's away and neutral game performances versus their overall performance. And you know, you know, there's teams that are really good on the road. You know, teams like St. Louis, St. Mary's, DePaul, San Diego State, uh, Winthrop is a great road team, Gonzaga, Dayton. So. You know, those are the teams that are obviously performing at a high level, but then you have teams that are, you know, and it's funny because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of big 10 teams, you know, Michigan state, Ohio state, Purdue, Indiana, um, you know, Rutgers, Illinois, it, virtually all the, the big 10 teams are on here, but you know, Santa Clara is marked pretty low as well. They've been a team that has been a regular contributor to this, uh, AFH rating. So, you know, just keep that in mind. This is obviously a Gonzaga team that is uber talented. Uh, we know that they can push 90 on any given night. We know that uh, they have obviously one of the best front lines in the country. And this is a Santa Clara team that has been absolutely hideous uh, defensively, particularly against the three-point shot. Um, they're allowing teams to shoot almost 38% from three, uh, which is god-awful. Um, they've just not been very good uh, from three-point range. And again, away from home rating, 346 in the country. Now you got to go on the road 
up to Spokane and take on, you know, arguably, you know, in my opinion, the best team in the country. You look at Gonzaga recently, uh, beat LMU 87-62, so they were able to get the the 20-point win plus there. They just beat up USD. Um, So they've had a couple in a row where they are really sticking it to uh, their opponent. So this might be a good time to start jumping on the uh, Gonzaga um, bandwagon, if you will. So uh, let's uh, let's take a phone call before we get to Wellcapper. Go ahead, caller. You're live. Yo. Well, I mean, your breakdown was was spectacular, obviously. Uh, top well, to bottom. Well, Captain, what's <laughs> up, brother? Fascinating. I, why did I think? Fascinating. Why did I think? Yeah. Why did I think you were someone else? I thought, I thought you were not the caller. No, I don't know. I I think uh, uh, it was just uh, it was just funny timing. Um, how's it going, man? Good to talk to you, Wellcapper. It's been a while. I'm glad to see you're doing well. I see you doing the, the show. Obviously, make sure you check out Andy and Wellcapper on the Deep Dive podcast. I've been on there before. It's a great show. Really kind of analytical, but they also add that personality into it as well. So you know, I'm sure many of you already listened to it, but go if you haven't. I know we have some people that live under rocks that listen to these shows, so go check out Wellcapper. Let me ask you something, Wellcapper. Before we get into the game, Games. How long? How many times have you talked about these two games this week? Uh, hmm. In total, probably six hours, maybe, maybe seven. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a good. I'm amount. guessing, you, but I, you I'm know, guessing. I'm, I'm like getting. It's getting a little fatigued, but uh, at the same time, you know, like the the excitement is real. Like I can't wait for these games. You know, I think there should. These are good matchups. I mean, I think uh, the lines yep. are tight. And trying to find an edge is hard. Uh, so, yeah, but it should be a lot of fun this weekend. Yeah, it really is. And I've, um, you know, as we get into these games, 313, 314, I've been carrying the Titans uh, kind of water for a long time. I bet them last week. I took them on the money line. I knew they were going to beat the Ravens. Nice. And I've, Good I've call been, by yeah, you. I've been betting them. Thank you, Chief. I've been betting them for a couple weeks now. I've really kind of just. I wouldn't say I have fallen in love with Ryan Tannehill, but I've kind of fallen in love with Ryan Tannehill. I, what a resurgence, what a renaissance as far as his career. I mean, he was so maligned in Miami. Uh, they wanted him out. You know, he, he, we kind of forgot about him for a while. And, you know, I remember well, Capper back when Chip Kelly was here in Philadelphia, I remember how many people wanted him to go get Marcus Mariota to be the next co- uh, uh, quarterback here in Philadelphia. Oh, 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 I forgot about that. Oh, my yeah. God. And I, yes. I think back, one of the great things Chip Kelly did do, which there weren't many of them, but one of them was he didn't take Marcus Mariota because in, in retrospect, you know, we never would have went up and got Carson Wentz and, you know, the Nick Foles stuff probably never happened. So it was just, it was kind of a interesting as far as he did a lot of damage here, but one of those was he didn't go up and get Mariota. And we've seen, obviously, you know, I think a lot of us called for Mariota to be benched at some point. He wasn't moving this offense. You know, it seemed like every week they were scoring 13 points, and it was just ugly. But now you look at where they are, and this is such a fascinating game. And Tennessee's still getting, you know, over that seven-point number. I mean, you you got to lay a little juice on it, but you could still get seven and a half, total 53. Obviously, the the key to keeping the football out of like a Baltimore or Kansas city, any of these big offenses is being able to run the ball as we know. And we know how good the Titans are doing that. We know how 
terrific Derrick Henry's been. He's turned into one of the best backs in the NFL. He really brings you back to that old school, you know, just give me the ball and I'm going to get you yards no matter who hits me. Um, we know the Chiefs, well, Capper, struggle against the runs. One of their issues, it was an issue last year. It's an issue this year. We know that Mike Vrabel really hasn't seemed to care what you think. He basically would just do whatever he thinks is going to be interesting and going to move the ball. And they're aggressive and they've been fun and the defense has played well. We know Kansas City, maybe the defense hasn't improved like maybe we thought they would. But I'm starting to buy, and, and again, I'm a little late on this because the numbers went up to 53, but I really wish I would have jumped on 51. I, I had a feeling this game was going to be one that kind of got into the high 20s, maybe a team touches 30. It is going to be cold, though, and one thing about cold weather, obviously it's, it's, just, you know, it's tougher to tackle. It's tougher to catch the football. It's, it's tougher to do everything, but I, I'm, not, I'm not ready to give up on this Titan team just yet. Can you sell me on the Chiefs? What do you like here? Sure. So, I mean, I think all your points are valid. I mean, that was all well said. And yes, the Titans, you know, their ability to exceed expectations, especially in this playoffs, has been very impressive. Uh, but they are going up against um, the number one offense in the NFL, and it's not close, in my opinion. Uh, this Chiefs team, like, you know, you look at all the metrics from their season and you're like, ah, well, you know, they took a step back this year. They weren't as good as the Ravens in the regular season. They didn't. Uh, they didn't win as spectacularly. In fact, down the stretch, they, you know, a lot of their games they won. They kind of won on the back of the defense. You know, they're beating Patriots 23-20. You know, they're they're eking out wins against you know some lesser opponents. But I would point out that Chiefs for a lot of this season, especially on offense, were dealing with a ton of injuries, and, and I think they got right at the right time. Like this is a fully healthy offensive line right now. Pat Mahomes has gotten over some of the injuries that he's been plagued with throughout this season. And, you know, they have a full cadre of wide receivers who are healthy, uh, including the best tight ends uh, in the AFC by far and Travis Kelsey. And this is now this dynamic unit that is extremely tough to to beat. Uh, And if you're going to beat them, you're going to have to score points. Um, and it's, you know, when you look at the, the makeup of the Titans overall, I'm not sure that they have a, a dynamic enough passing attack to keep up with, uh, you know, the Ferrari that is the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Now, does that set up a, a scenario where they play a little bit of keep away? I mean, the blueprint is there. Like, you look at last year's AFC title game. Like, what did the Patriots try to do in that first half? They, only, they, you know, they kept uh, Pat Mahomes on ice. They kept him on, on the sidelines. They, uh, they ran a run-heavy approach. They ate the clock. Um, and you know, they, you know, they, they, uh, they made sure that he didn't generate a rhythm or get in a rhythm or, you know, really get going. Now he came out in the second half and he, you know, lit the world on fire and they ended up going way over the total in that game. Um, but, uh, for sure, I think he had like six pass attempts in the first half. It was 14, nothing at halftime. I mean, I think that's the blueprint. Uh, if you're going to beat, uh, this version of the Kansas city team with their, with all their, you know, all their horses healthy and, Uh, Can the Titans do that? Yes. I mean, I think with Derrick Henry and with the, you know, the offensive line playing spectacularly well, I think they're going to be able to, you know, go on some six, seven, eight, many yard drives. That's going to be super important for them to cash in and touchdowns and not kick field goals in this game. And they've been extremely good at that. There's some, you know, I'm a little nervous about the Titans kind of continuing their outrageously solid, uh, you know, red zone offensive performance here, but, uh, but, you know, it's, they, they have the matchups and you're right. Kansas city does struggle stopping the run. And, you know, I think, uh, I think plan a and plan B for them kind of all both circle, you know, around, 
you know, keeping the uh, keeping the Chiefs offense on ice, uh, which I think lends itself to a little uh, little first half under look here. Interesting. You know, it, it's I'm glad you mentioned the the red zone stuff because that's something that I've kind of just jumped on. I, I've I've ridden the back of that. It's been perfect. And you look at how good they've been in the red zone. And you know, we're going into you know the second to last game of the season, you know, into the playoffs and everything. Still, almost eighty percent in the red zone at scoring a touchdown. And you look at the second closest, Green Bay, at sixty-six percent. I mean, they're like twelve percent better than anyone else. I mean, it's been quite amazing. Not only of how good they've been in the red zone, but just the explosive play rate, the ability of of, of Tannehill to move the football down the field. Um, I, I do worry about the Titans because I think late in the season one of the big concerns was you know a guy guys like Malcolm Butler were, were getting injured and you know they started to show a little bit of a crack in the, the secondary and I'm not sure if the pass rush is good enough to really bother Mahomes um, I, I just what, what do you think about you, you mentioned the first half under um, you know what do you think about kind of them unleashing it in the second half I mean yeah what are your thoughts there on that yeah, no, that, that it makes sense to me. I mean, there's uh, I didn't play the full the full game under, uh, if, largely because of that reason. Now it's crept up to 53. I'm starting to see a little bit of an edge there. I agree with you. If you wanted to get the under, you needed to get involved early with like 51. Uh, if you like the over, I mean. Um, but uh, the likelihood that this turns into a little bit more of a shootout in the second half, I think, is very real. Um, and you know, we saw in the first matchup between these teams, the Titans were able to answer. They were able to go score for score. They came back from double digit, uh, not you know, like a double digit deficit, like two or three times in that game. It was wild, uh, or at least two score deficit, maybe not double digits, but they were down ten, they were down nine, they were down you know five at the end of the game, uh, and they managed to to come back every single time. And I think a lot of people are kind of pointing out. You know, hey, if you can just get a lead on this Titans team, they're screwed. Well, I don't know if that's the case. So it's, uh, it, you know, and, and, you know, if they can answer, if they can go score for score with the Chiefs in the second half, then, yeah, this this might turn into, you know, like a, a nice spot to look for a second half over, especially if it's a super slow first half uh, and uh, you get a nice depressed price. Keep in mind, Kansas City 11th in the NFL in second half points uh, per game. Tennessee number one. Tennessee was oh, wow. uh, scored over – Tennessee scored over 15 points a game in the second half this season. So, you know, they are a team that has been able to find ways to to, to come back and, and to add on it at the end. Let me ask you real quick, back to that game last week, was that the most dominating second quarter you've ever seen a team play with Kansas City? I I, I don't think I've ever seen yeah. anything like that. I, I was yeah I was yeah. pretty much pretty blown away at, at the success they had. I, I, weirdly, the only other thing that comes to mind is the second quarter that uh, Kansas City played against the Raiders in Week Two. Um, you know, they oh, got true. a couple of lucky they got a couple lucky bounces, uh, a couple of short fields. Bill O'Brien made a you know boneheaded call to go for it in his own territory with a fake punt, uh, and uh, they got a you know they got a, a kickoff fumble, kickoff return fumble, which is always nice to have you know some free points. But uh, in that uh, Week Two game against the Raiders, I think they. I'm pretty sure Kansas City scored 28, and it was just home run after home run after home run. It was pretty damn impressive, and that's what you know when they're when they're fully healthy, when Pat Mahomes is uh, is not under pressure, and you know you can give him time to let his receivers get down the field and get separation. Like good night. Yeah, you're right about that. You know, uh, well, Gabriel, I've talked before about how 
kind of organic I am from a handicapping perspective. I don't really venture away from sides or totals. But we hear people talk that NFL teasers are in the playoffs can be really profitable if you find the right angle. I see people playing them. I don't ever play them, but let me ask you about something. Tennessee mm. plus 14.5 over 46. Does that do anything for you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a, there's a little bit of correlation there. And actually like, you know, that the, um, in general, if Tennessee is in this game, if they cover the spread, it probably goes over. Um, I think that's a, a yeah. correlated side in total, just in terms of the you know potential game state. Um, you know, I think if you have, uh, you know, what, and, and I guess one thing we, we didn't really mention and, you know, why, you know, why I, I kind of, you know, when I started my handicap, I kind of was only looking really at Tennessee. I mean, sorry, I was only looking at Kansas City out of the gate. I really didn't give Tennessee much consideration. And a lot of that is just because this is a really bad situation for them. Fourth game in a road, in, in a row on the road, this, that's tough to overcome. You know, the, the wear and tear of, of travel four weeks in a row is tough. Uh, we don't have an yeah. example of an NFL team that's been able to win four in a row on the road. Uh, and so – kind of right off jump street you know it's like okay well if they come out and give you an a-plus performance in this spot like it's gonna be tough um and so i'm you know i'm kind of i'm kind of thinking like okay well if they can you know if they hang on if they hang in there if they score some points you know and you know keep it close then it does likely go over and uh and i think you're talking and you are talking about kind of a correlated look there yeah you know final thing i'll say on tennessee i've uh I said a week or two ago that they, they, they're starting to get the feel to me of uh, the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl with, with Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. You know, they had kind yeah. of that. You know, it's been a longer kind of sample size with, with Tannehill. But, um, you know, they're kind of different teams and everything. But, you know, sure. just kind of I – feel, I bet I feel like anytime there's an underdog story now, it's, we're just going to relate it to Nick Foles. But I don't know. Well, they're bought I mean, in. Sometimes, right. You know, they're, yeah. they're bought in. The team is bought in for sure. You're right. I mean, you've beaten the New England Patriots and the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, quite amazing. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. I guess we'll see, obviously. Uh, the, you know, and I, I feel like I'm in a win-win here because I, at this point, kind of root for Andy Reid. You know, I want to see him finally win. I feel like, you know, he has been through a lot and he's done a lot and he's kind of just almost gotten there but never gotten to become the, the bride. So, I'm hoping they find a way, but uh, we'll see. Either way, I think it's going to be a really good football game. I am kind of liking that teaser a little bit. I, again, I'm not a big fan mm-hmm. of teasers, but uh, the 14 and a half and, and 46 sounds kind of appetizing. I could definitely see like a, you know, I don't know, 30 to 21, something like that. I could see that. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, when, uh, uh, when there's only two games, when there's only two games on the board, it's not the worst thing. You got to mix creative. it up a little bit, add a, add a little bit to your portfolio. Sure. Sure. Yeah, you got to get creative. Uh, Green Bay, uh, they are on the road at San Francisco. And, you know, what have we heard over the years, Well, Capper, with Aaron Rodgers? And in like five words or less, <laughs> what what do we know about Aaron Rodgers on the road? Well, he's less easy. He's more turnover prone by far. I mean, he very, very rarely turns it over at home. And, you know, he's, he doesn't he's not as uh, not as dangerous, in my opinion, on the road. Was that what, is that what you were thinking? Yeah, I, I think it's you know, that. That's exactly where I was going. And you know, you look at you know over the last at least just three seasons. I mean, they're ten and fourteen straight up on the road. Like it just mm-hmm. over the last couple of seasons. 
And in his career, he's struggled. I mean, it, it's pretty obvious that over the years he's a different quarterback. We all know that you know San Francisco, that defense last week, I mean, how good were they? Uh, their defense is healthy again. Jimmy Garoppolo is playing at a really solid level. I've said before, like, I, I'm blown away that, you know, I, I picked him to win the NFC West, but I, I didn't know. I didn't know if they were ready to kind of go and, and do what they've done, but they've done it behind, you know, Kittle and just these young guys. You go out and make a nice signing in Emmanuel Sanders. You know, Nick Bosa's played well. You've, you've gotten D Ford back healthy. You know, Jimmy Ward, Tart, Sherman, you know, those guys are playing terrific football. Um, I'm going to kind of give it to you, Well, Capper. What do you like here? I mean, what do you think goes on in this yeah. game? Does Green Bay have enough to yeah. around? I don't think so. I, I don't rate them as particularly high, you know, highly rate them at all. And, and kind of the same sentiment about how the chiefs are super, you know, pretty much healthy across the board. I think we're seeing the same thing with San Francisco. When these two guys matched up in the regular season, they were dealing with a number of injuries in San Francisco and, you know, they've really done a good job of, uh, you know, kind of getting their team healthy and for the right time and they're peaking at the right time. I think this uh, Niners team, you know, they didn't have an amazing performance by Jimmy Garoppolo last week. It didn't matter. They still covered with these. They have, uh, matchup advantages and all, all you know, on both sides of the ball that I think favor them. Uh, and it would be, I would be more, you know, I, I would be, I, will, I won't be shocked basically if Tennessee uh, you know, keeps it tight or he comes away with the upset. I will be shocked if Green Bay does. Uh, I don't, I don't think that they're, uh, you know, that they're alive in this game really at all. Um, and actually funny, funny fact for you. Um, you want to guess uh, off the top of your head, what uh, Aaron Rodgers career record is as a touchdown underdog or more. Uh, I want to give me a round, like give me a, a an amount of games. Can you do that? He's he's uh he's been a he's been a touchdown underdog seven times in his career. I'm gonna say it's uh, well, judging by your prediction and kind of where this conversation has went as far as the game, <laughs> I'll say one and six. One and six. He is o o for o and seven. Wow, uh, really? none of them none of them particularly close. Um, and how many of them uh, you know, were on the road? Is, how many? How many of them were on the road? Uh, I think five, five or six of them were on the road. Most of them were on the road. I don't, okay. I don't, I don't think there's many sure. examples of them being the touchdown underdog at home. Um, but um, you know, there is a, you know, there is a good example from three years ago of um, you know Kyle Shanahan offensive coordinated team in Atlanta hosting the NFC title game and they hosted the Packers, a team that they had beaten in the regular season. And uh, they just opened up a can of, of whoop ass on them in the playoffs. It was a sight to behold. They scored 44 points. It could have been 84 points. Uh, and uh, it won't, it, it really, I think the, the, you know, the unit that really covers themselves in glory in this one isn't even, you know, the, the all universe San Francisco defense. I think it's their offense. I think their passing offense, especially, matches up like perfectly with this uh uh with this Mike Mike Petton, you know, dime heavy defense. You know, as soon as you get uh the uh the as soon as you get the coverage identified like in a Shanahan system like this, he knows exactly the first strike to hit. Uh and I think you're gonna get some some nice big plays down the field early and often in this one. And I think uh I think this one could get away from the Packers in a hurry. Real quick, I mean Aaron Rodgers at home in his career seventy one and eighteen. Uh, he's got one tie on the road, forty-five and forty-six. His wow. uh, intercept, wow. his interception rate is up, is plus fourteen on the road as far as forty-nine to thirty-five. He's got 
26 less touchdowns. Uh, his rating is 10% less. His yards per attempt is uh, much lower. Um, he's just, you know, he's just a different, not the same guy. different player. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's not the same guy. It's true. And add in the fact that one thing we know about the Green Bay Packers, I mean, all the year this team has struggled to stop the run. I mean, they're giving up 4.7 yards to carry. They give up uh, over the last three games over five yards to carry. This is not a good run defense. I think you're right. I mean, I, I think we're starting to just uh, – is San Francisco your favorite to win the Super Bowl, well, Capper, right now? Do you think they're – could you rate them over Kansas I've gone back and forth on this, and I prob- I'm probably – I'm probably a hair higher on Kansas City, but I got to tell you that the way that Kansas City wins the Super Bowl with those two matched up head to head, it's sketchy, right? Because and and and, and and really like San Francisco is a team that's built to win the Super Bowl, and Kansas City is a team that's built to just score a ton of points on offense, right? Like let's say Kansas City has the lead, like I don't know how they're running the clock out, like their running game just isn't strong enough, uh, and then vice versa, I don't know how their pass defense is hanging with uh, you know a team that has you know four or five dynamic weapons in the passing game uh, out there to prevent a comeback, right? So I, I'm 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 nervous about Kansas City putting away the lead, and on the other hand, I think uh, if the Niners in that head-to-head get a lead, uh, their ability to put it away, I think, is pretty uh, is pretty clear and obvious. So I think um, even though from a team rating standpoint, I would have the Kansas City higher, and I think if it's Kansas City Green Bay Super Bowl, like good night. Um, but uh, I think in a head-to-head, I would slightly lean towards uh, San Francisco. The the big you know the big difference just being that the quarterback play for Kansas City is so much higher than what you're going to get out of San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo that uh, it's tough to really be super confident either way. Yeah, this total's ticked up a little bit. Uh, it's up to 46 and a half. You have two, you know, two top nine defense as far as points per game given up. You know, I've actually uh, mentioned I actually like Green Bay's pass defense. I, I think Alexander King, you know, those guys. I, I liked what I've seen out of that group. You know, both pass defense is pretty strong. I mean, any thoughts on the total here, Well, Capper? Maybe first, uh, you know, 24 wins, and we have to figure that it's like, you know, maybe is it similar to the game against Minnesota? We know Aaron Rodgers struggles. Um, any thoughts there? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I, I didn't end up making a play either way on the total, um, but I did uh, I did tickle the San Francisco team total over. Uh, just because, you know, basically, like we were saying, like, I like their matchups in the passing game. And, you know, they clear, clearly, like, they have a dynamic running attack. And, and Green Bay is horrible against the run. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a nice spot for them. I'm on 26 and a half uh, to the over. Um, and I think uh, kind of the full game total over under is pretty tight. And it'll probably depend on if you get any garbage time points from Green Bay. One final question for you on this kind of uh, Kyle Shanahan offense standpoint. The true greats obviously are great because they defy all the expectations and find ways to, you know, just keep going like a a Peyton or a Belichick. But we've seen lately over the last couple of years, these young offensive minds that are wonder boys for like a year or two. So like uh, Chip Kelly, Sean McVay, guys like that. And I'm not saying McVay is not a good coach, but clearly his offense tailed off a bit this year. Do you look at, Shanahan and say he's an elite coach and he'll be able to find ways around 
the whole head coach will be figured out quickly. Because I asked a friend of mine the other day, like, if he could right now take Doug Peterson or Shanahan, he told me he would stick with Peterson. And I I, w- I was kind of surprised at that comment. I feel like he's one of the you know, top four coaches in the league right now, Shanahan. Yeah, based on the way, uh, yeah, based on the way that he's uh, conducted himself this season, I would agree with you. Uh, it's been a pretty impressive uh, performance here. He's grown pretty quickly into the role of head coach, and you know he's always been incredibly strong from a you know a, a, an offensive coordinator, a game planning, a, a pass uh, scheming uh, standpoint. And so that's not a surprise that that's strong for for San Francisco. But the uh, but sp- specifically his ability to um, you know to get the uh, uh, to pretty quickly really get to get the uh, uh, team rowing in the same direction has been damn impressive here. And uh, you know, they have a pretty talent, you know, they, they're, they're loaded with talent. You know, they've, they've been drafting at the top of the draft for years and years and years. They finally had a couple of really nice players, you know, nice players at the top of the draft uh, and at the top of the second and third rounds. And uh, you know, you put all these ingredients together and it's just been awesome to see them cook this year. And uh, I don't know that, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't know what would happen if like he starts bleeding assistants. You know, like if teams come come and start poaching yeah. like the defensive coordinator and so you know, they yeah. start you start to kind of yeah, if you start to bleed some of the pieces around him, I'm not sure how it goes. Kind of long term, I would guess that you know he'll he'll kind of keep the ship going in the right direction, um, just because kind of his strength and what he brings to the offense will always be there, and it's always kind of going to be an offensive league, at least in the regular season. Like, they may not be Super Bowl contenders forever, but, you know, for sure they're going to be kind of at the top of the league from an offensive standpoint as long as they have these weapons and, you know, Shanahan is, is uh, crafting the plays. I mean, you saw what he did with, like, the likes of Nick Mullins last year, you know? So, um, yeah. so I, I would say that, uh, you know, I'd say that he's always – he's going to be in the conversation. He deserves to be in the top half. I mean, in the top, like probably top 10, clearly uh, coaches this season, his performance was clearly top five. And uh, I don't know long-term if I would take him or Peterson. That's probably a toss up. One final comment on this game. If Green Bay has one saving grace, maybe here, San Francisco at home this year, allowing a touchdown on 61.1% of their opposing team's drives. So they've not been good in the red zone at home. Uh, they're allowing a lot of touchdowns. The Green Bay has been phenomenal on the road at not allowing a touchdown. They're allowing a touchdown on just 43% of their opponent's uh, possession. So, you know, Green Bay has been a good red zone defense. Maybe that could, could shed a little light. But, uh, well, Kevin, before we let you go, just a quick question for you. Um, there's been a lot of talk about this uh, Aaron Hernandez documentary that's on um, Netflix. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. You would agree that he's got to be the biggest fall from grace in sports history. Like, there's no one that has fallen further than him. Like, from where he was to where he went, like, it's truly – I mean, it's not not fascinating, but it kind of is. Like, it's fascinating how – like, where he went. I mean, you look at the the height he was and how many titles they could have won. I mean, it's – fascinatingly sad really yeah i would probably put i'd say he's clearly top two maybe uh I guess maybe o- number one is oj yeah you gotta put oj number one i mean he was a movie star after a, a successful playing sure. career after a high school i just i always thought then, of uh, like <laughs> it all came apart so, so, so like finally he's able to be yeah. his life but 
I hear you. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're definitely. right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Aaron Hernandez obviously he took his own life, and you know, he paid paid pretty dearly for uh, you know the crimes he committed. And you're right, if he had uh, kind of stayed a true course, he's talking you're talking about you know college national champion and a multiple Super Bowl winner. So yeah, that, that's a fair point. It's it's really wild how like with him and Gronk, like how many um, that would have been it was impressive. Uh, but uh, hey. We'll never know now. Um, I hate to end on that note, but uh, well, Capper, uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us. One of the great uh, minds in the sports betting business. You go check out him and Andy, uh, mid-major Andy. I think that's what they call him now. Uh, he's doing a lot of mid-major uh, stuff. Uh, deep Dive, uh, the Deep Dive podcast, you can find that. Um, and by the way, um, if, if Ken Jennings and James Holtzauer were to face each other again, who who wins? Like a like a true. Oh man. I'm gonna go Jennings. I think he's got the goods. Jennings is the goat, man. He's uh, yeah. He's pretty yeah. unbelievable. Have yeah. you ever talked to Holtz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever interviewed him no. or anything? No. He's uh no, he's an interesting he's character. Just outside of my circle. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, well, Capper, we will let you go. Thanks for joining us. Uh, always good to get a little oh, NFL. Yeah. You know, I'm, I was sick of hearing Donnie Wright's side, so I, I thought, you know what, I'll get, uh, <laughs> I'll get Will Capper. But, no, we'll have Donnie on tomorrow night. We'll get his opinion. I'm only kidding. But uh, thanks, Will Capper. We'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Take care. See you, Paul. Um, well, Capper, joining us. Go check him out uh, at uh, on the Deep Dive Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at whale underscore capper all right let's take a little break uh real quick commercial here we'll come back uh we'll get some phone calls if you want to join the show now's the time uh you can join us at six or i'm uh, sorry 515-605-9349 uh, we will be back with you right after this Just for fresh opinions on sports, sex, culture, food, and more? Well, it's time for you to go check out our friends at PubSearchRadio.com. From podcasts to blogs to live content and radio, live in the heart of San Antonio, PubSearch Radio provides plenty. They have terrific soccer, UFC, and niche topics, too. Leave it to me. Leave it to my opinion. The Big Men on Campus. I co-sign PubSportsRadio.com. And you can also check out people like me, Dottie Wrightside, Ski Profit, and more. Check out the newest in opinions in all the blog culture, PubSportsRadio.com. And uh, if you want to join the show, we got plenty of people here. Join us, 515-605-9349. Let's go to uh, 
Caller, you're up. What's going on? Big man, big man. I've been spending the past 24 hours reconciling with the worst shooting performance I've ever seen in my entire life by my East Carolina Pirates. Two of 26. God, it was awful. I was there in person. We had a packed house, and just nothing was going. It's like not even Tulsa was – I won't even say Tulsa played decent de- – they played decent defense, but we were just bricking shots left and right, wide open. If we made just five or six of our three-pointers, we win that game. But, you know, that's how it goes, life for ECU fan. Um, listen – did you watch the Memphis-Cincinnati game tonight, big man? I did. Uh, refereeing was very bad. Uh, I mean, J- Jaron Cumberland, it seemed like every time he drove to the basket, he was fouled. Yeah. He had finished with 19 points, solid game from him, but he probably could have had about 30 if they called a foul for as many times he got fouled. Um, AAC refs are awful. It's, like, it's every game AAC refs are awful. Um, but, you know, that's how it goes in AAC. I think Memphis and Wichita State have separated themselves as the two best teams in the conference, but – Anyways, I'm I'm still kind of bummed out about last night. In yeah, I mean, uh, surprisingly enough, I mean, the, the fouls were even, 13-13. I, I think they were bad on both ends. I mean, but but I, I will say, I mean, John Brennan, I mean, didn't exactly help his team's cause. You look at, he was called for a technical. The score is 50-46. And, I mean, Cincinnati had been playing well. They were hitting some shots. You know, he goes haywire, gets a technical. They make – both shots of the technical, and then they convert a layup. I mean, that's a huge swing. They ended up not looking back, and they outscore, um, you know, Cincinnati 10-3 to the rest of the game. I mean, that was the difference. And if you had uh, Cincinnati tonight, that's pretty irritating. I mean, that's a pretty brutal thing for Brennan to do. Uh, it did not – it wasn't really a spot for him to, you know – it's not like the team was playing poorly. He didn't need to, like, get them going or anything. That was just a bad technical, and to be honest, they shot 30%. They shouldn't have won the game. The refereeing was not good, but he needs to control himself. This is now not the first time, Cameron, that Cincinnati has lost a game due to just immaturity, not only by him, but Jaron Cumberland, who has played odd this year at times, but against Colgate, he shoots a shot with six seconds left from the half court line. He didn't see the timer and they lose that game. And it was just Cincinnati has not really been properly coached. I, I, I like Brennan. I don't love this team though. I mean, his cousin didn't play well tonight. Um, you know, Scott didn't play well. Voight didn't play well. Just a bad outing for Cincinnati. The refereeing was not good. You're right. But you know, Brennan can't get that technical call on him. It, it was brutal. I laid the four and a half for Memphis. So I'm not complaining. It's just it's just hard to see if you follow the AAC. Like, this it's not really call, bad calls being made. It's non calls, just the lack of calls, and sometimes like stupid decisions. And I'm not talking about fouls. I'm talking about out of bounds decisions, like the UConn Wichita State game, um, where it, the ball went out of bounds and UConn players saved it, but they called him that said he was out. S- stuff like that is it's very irritating. And I was looking at the card for tomorrow night, big man, and I, I'm not really seeing any games that interest me for tomorrow night. The only thing I may have saw that might interest me is the plus eight and a half for Wisconsin at Michigan State. But other than that, I'm not like I was a four and a half point favorite versus Michigan. I, I don't know. Do you, you see anything you like tomorrow night? I, I don't really see anything. Yeah, I mean, look, um, it'll be interesting to see how Yale plays. Uh, Yale hasn't, I mean, Yale hasn't played a meaningful game since the end of December. Uh, they played a, a Division three team the other night. Um, they're really good against the number. And uh, and thanks for the call, Cameron. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, I think you know that one's interesting. Obviously, 
Um, and I haven't really looked at the cards, so I'll have to kind of jump in. Yale's been very good against the number. That's one thing. If you want to join the show, 515-605-9349. Let's keep it going. Uh, you're up, caller. What's up? What's up, Jeff? It's Jeff in LA. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, I agree with you. Keep that whale cap around. Donnie's a, Donnie's a nice second fiddle to him. Yeah, I mean, they're both uh, very good NFL ha- handicappers. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. Hey, so I got a question for you. I'm a West Coast guy. My lady's from KC. And, uh, you know, the game, when they were down 24 nothing in the first quarter, she looked at me and she goes, this is Andy Reid. And I said, I don't know if it's Andy Reid. And then I was thinking about it. You're a Philly guy, and you know what he was like when he couldn't win the big yeah. one. Is that is that your uh, thought process, that you can't do it? Uh, I, I, I'm not sure if he can't do it. I mean, obviously it's evaded him his entire career and he could just be, you know, kind of, uh, that guy that is a really good coach and never wins anything kind of the way, you know, some of his quarterbacks were, but yeah, I, I think this could be the year for him. I hope he does. I think he's deserving of it. He's had a tough coaching career, you know, obviously being second best and he had some tough, uh, tough times in his life with his family, his son died. So and I kind of hope Andy does find some success and wins one, but this could be the year for him. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I, I was just thinking that same thing, and I was just like, I don't know why you get such a bad rap. I mean, you go through so much personal shit that, you know, a lot of other people would have just packed it in and not kept going, you know? No, you're right about that. He's had he's had some tough times in his life, so yeah, I hope I uh, hope he does win. I, I think on both sides, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Tennessee or Kansas City win. So yeah, I'm definitely going to be rooting for one of those two teams for sure. So uh, last thing, um, I know your podcast is called uh, "Don't Tease Me, Bro," but did you really give out a teaser tonight? Um, well, I mean, I didn't give it out. I, I was curious as to his thoughts on it. Um, again, I, I, I might play a teaser once a year, twice a year. Um, yeah. So I, no, I guess I, I did. As soon as you said it, I, I was like, God, that does sound, that sound really juicy, you know? Like, yeah, no, too it, good to be true, it but I, I, I think that is good. the whole, that's the whole, uh, idea of a teaser sounds too good to be true. No, it's, there's always a, a big lure, and, uh, and thanks for the call, brother. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, it was getting a little feedback in, in my ear there, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, that, that's that, that's kind of why a, a teaser is kind of an interesting name for it, because it is kind of a tease sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm going to bet it, but you know, it's something that I think uh, that I think is, is kind of interesting, but uh all right. Well, that's the show for tonight, for tonight. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Uh I um I kind of knew tonight was going to be kind of slower just because you know, I wanted to make sure we talked NFL and I I got to be honest, like I didn't like this college card tonight. I had one game that I sent out to my uh to my customer base that I really loved, but you know, you know outside of that, it, it's not really a great um it wasn't really a great card. Just a lot of conferences that I'm not really a big fan of and that sort of thing. Um, but I wanted to kind of end the show with this, a kind of a cool story out of uh, the um, PGA Tour. Uh, the PGA Tour event in California, um, I, I guess, is, is this weekend. And there was a uh, 
a one-armed amateur uh, named uh, Laurent Hertwies. He recorded a hole-in-one on a par three. Uh, pretty amazing. Um, he's, uh, he's just an amateur. You know, he's uh, playing on, I, I guess, as part of like a pro-am type of thing. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, he shot a hole-in-one on, uh, on, a, uh, on a par three, which is pretty impressive. And he has one arm. Amazing. Good for him. Uh, he says that uh, he can drive the ball 230 yards. That's amazing. What an inspiring story. Uh, I don't think I could hit a ball 23 yards, let alone 230. Uh, pretty amazing, uh, for sure. Obviously, a hole-in-one, you see them occasionally, but a guy with one arm, amazing. Good for him. All right, that's the show for tonight. Uh, if you want to join me uh, on my website, you can find me at bmocwins.com, bmocwins.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff Nadu. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow night, same time, same place, where we finish out the week with um, college basketball preview for Saturday. We'll start getting into the games, and we will have on Donnie Wright. So we'll get his thoughts on what he likes in the NFL this week. Uh, make sure you join it. If you missed the show at any time, make sure you check it out on iTunes. Make sure you rate and uh, comment on the show and uh, check me out. I'm out of here. You all enjoy your night. We'll see you tomorrow. You're in the Don't Teaser Me Bro podcast.